Welcome, everybody. This is the Long Overdue Podcast. It's a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm we're co- all here. Yeah, we're all here. We're all here. The usual suspect. If you don't know who we are, then go back and listen to <laughs> some of the other the episodes. The first one. No, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not that one, unless you're diehard. You can listen to last week. A completionist. A completionist. <laughs> yeah, so we were, yeah, listen to we last week. We were all there weeks. last week. Yeah. I guess that's the mood we're in today. <laughs> you want to know anything? You go find it. <laughs> that's what Google was for. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Chris? <laughs> Do we know? Um, I came under the impression that we were going to discuss dreams and i think that we're going to dabble in dream theory yeah that was the idea we're going to dabble we've got books we've got books so we've got books and the internet wow (laughs) we're saying it all and our two cents What is it you said, Denise, that nobody is convinced that I'm not a psychopath, so so we're having to take it to the next step? I was like, our uh, pop-sci episode didn't really... Hmm. Wasn't conclusive enough. Didn't really extinguish our doubts about... (laughs) So now we're going to... In fact, I think it might have gone the other way. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm... So now we're going to do a little uh, dream theory. Yeah. On your. So we've got three books here. One called The Dream Book Symbols for Self Understanding by Betty Bethards. Betty Bethards is an internationally known mystic, spiritual mm-hmm. leader, meditation teacher, and healer. She is founder and president of the Inner Life Foundation in Petaluma, California. So, there's that. We have The Complete Dream Book by Jillian Holloway, PhD. Yeah. She's a recognized expert in the field of dream interpretation and is a popular guest on radio and television programs. Oh, that might be the book. She teaches dream psychology at Merrill Hurst University and is a long-standing member of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. By the way, these are all fields that I had no idea existed that I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, really. <laughs> New career path for today. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm just like, wait. The Everything Dreams book by Jenny Kosarin. And she is a recognized dream interpretation expert and has been studying and practicing advanced psychic arts of all genres for more than 15 years. Hmm. She has lectured and taught dream interpretation, astrology, crystals, and the tarot in Mexico, Italy, and New York City. Hmm. That's the one right there. (laughs) She is the president of the American Psychic and Tarochi Society in Italy. 
She also specializes in spirits, ghosts, and spiritual encounters, and all other forms of divination. She is a graduate of Cornell University. Really? Uh-huh. And New York University. She lives in New York City. Or at least that's what her bio says. <laughs> like. Dang. <laughs> and all we have here is the dream book. Wow. So. There we go. So we've all heard that our dreams are representations of other things in our lives. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I know we were kind of joking around earlier, but, you know, Chris really wanted some help with his dreams. So, and interpreting it. <laughs> Chris looks very surprised. <laughs> He's like, uh, wait, what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You weren't in on that conversation. <laughs> but he was saying that this morning. That's true. I did. We did discuss that this morning. I said that. Why were, then why were you looking like this was a conversation you remember, were in part of? I don't remember saying I really want help with my dreams, but I probably did say that, but I was also probably joking. Oh. <laughs> As we you were did joking, not have a joking face on. Actually, <laughs> we were very serious when we said this was probably not the best place to come. For, That's right. For, some for actually true. telling about your dreams <laughs> and getting honest, true, real interpretation. No, right. I, I think the reason I I joked about that this morning is because uh, you know I was saying I've read some of this stuff before. You know, you go online, it's like, what does it mean when there's wolves in my dream mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. aliens? Or whatever, and they give you these little nice little defined thing like, well, if you dream about this, then it means that you're probably dealing with something like this. So and let me just stop you for a second because we were just talking about poetry and needing a cheat sheet for mm-hmm. what all of the yeah. thing representations are. That's I think what it's that's like. That's what I need a cheat sheet for. A cheat sheet. Yeah. yeah. But my the dreams yeah. that I have, the all the ones that I remember, they're a lot of them. Or they're like a narrative, like a story. Like it's more than just like, oh, I had a dream and there was aliens, mm-hmm. and it, I remember my dreams as like a full story, and that's just like a part of what's going on. That's just one little tiny speck of it. Huh? Yeah. So, in the greater context of that, does that aliens could mean all kinds does that, of things? Does, yeah. Does yeah. It, all any of that stuff really apply, or is my brain just just entertaining me while I'm asleep? <laughs> <laughs> Constant entertainment. So Um, my dreams, I tend to have like very, you know, short snippets. Like I'm in this situation and then all of a sudden I'm in a different situation. Most of the people may be the same, but some of them are different. mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, I'm in a different situation that's kind of tied together. Hmm. And then I wake up. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's not a complete stream all mm-hmm. the time. There's one very vivid dream I remember that was a very specific stream I'll tell you about later, but how do you dream? What are your dreams like? Well, it depends. If if there's something really... I, I don't always remember my dreams, mm-hmm. but the most vivid ones that I remember are the ones that I have between the time the alarm goes off the first time and when I wake up the last time, which could be multiple hitting the alarms again, but you yeah. know, I, I fall back asleep and go back to it. Mm-hmm. But th- so those are the ones I remember, but usually 
I mean, sometimes I do kind of jump from place to place, but like you said, most of the time it's the same people and a similar sort of situation, even though Mm -hmm. it might be a very different setting, Mm -hmm. a similar kind of thing is happening to me. Mm -hmm. But most of what I remember are are little scenes. Yes, yeah. It's not a long story, but it's not just an image either. It's something's happening and... Yeah. Hmm. Well, and then I try to describe him because I think, oh, this vivid dream. Mm-hmm. And it like takes me like one sentence. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> this took 20 minutes <laughs> in my dream. Right. And now it's like 10 words. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. What are yours like, Denise? I almost never <clears throat> remember my dreams. Really? Like, at all. Mm-hmm. I think I've gone through stages where I don't remember and others where I have more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not sleeping deep enough or something. But sometimes oh, you do. Rarely. I remember one you There's told me about. There's a couple of times and I'm like, oh, I remembered my dream and I'm going to tell you about it now because it rarely happens. And the dreams that you remember and, and tell me about sound like the kind of dreams that this kind of stuff was written for. Yeah. <laughs> to interpret. Yeah. Mm. Well, I have... I have had interesting information come up from trying to look at, especially if I'm having the same dream over and over. Mm-hmm. If I look up what does that thing mean, mm-hmm. it applies to what's going on mm-hmm. in my life. Like there was a period when I was having this dream that I was falling, mm-hmm. and and it would be from it would be different places. Like one time I would fall off a mountain. One time I would fall. On this, you know, on the sidewalk, and I would fall, or but usually I was up somewhere high and I fell off a high thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the interpretation was, but I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's what's going on right now. And the other time this happened was a couple of years ago, and I can tell you all about that some other time, but <laughs> well, yeah. I can tell you about it now if you want to know. So, but. fall or falling, mm-hmm. according to the dream book may suggest loss of control in a situation, low energy, need to center through meditation to get back on target. It may also be a bad landing coming back mm. into the body at night. A bad what? landing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, or your so astral my, projecting so my, yourself. Yeah, my astral projection has, yeah. been, has been goofing off and, you know, doing things he shouldn't. And so there's Was a about bad to get landing. caught. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. had to hurry back. That's weird. I wonder hmm. if they all say the same thing. Wouldn't that be interesting if they had very different interpretations? <laughs> Let me see. I'll, I'll look up this one real quick. Dream glossary. Okay, perfect. Should, should we share? Yeah. So. Yeah. Dreams of falling usually reflect a feeling of loss of control. The catalyst can be something as terrifying as losing your job or as minor as a day with overbooked appointments. Hmm. This one says that falling is commonly or a common dream symbol and usually an expression of concern about failure. It could be a metaphor for falling down on the job. In most falling dreams, the dreamer never lands. Right. For so, me, I almost always woke up. I was falling and I jerked awake. And so I never splattered. Which is good. It doesn't mm-hmm. say that's what happened here. 
<laughs> it says if you do hit the ground, it could mean you struck bottom in a matter. Huh. I always heard that if you ever hit, that you would die. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that. If too. you died in a dream, you died in real life. Died in real life. I'm pretty sure that was just Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that sounds like the plot for a movie. <laughs> well, apparently I have control issues. <laughs> Only occasionally when you dream Because the other dream that I had a couple of years ago that I had frequently for a while was about the same kind of thing. So here, here's that one. I kept dreaming, and this was like sometimes it would be consecutive nights but it was over a period of about a month that I had this dream many many times I would I would look around and I would realize I was out in a public place usually in a mall or a store or a amusement park or wherever usually most often in a mall or something Mm -hmm. and I was naked and I looked around and nobody else was (laughs) (laughs) but Nobody else was noticing either. So my solution in the dream was just to pretend I didn't notice either and just kind of make my way out of there nonchalantly and leave and go home. And so I looked that up, and it was all about fear of failure. It was all about not feeling confident about what was going on. And it was a period when I was president of an organization um, that part of my responsibility was to uh, put on a conference. And the location for the conference that we had booked the year before had closed about six months into the year. I was having to find a new location. I couldn't book my speakers until I had the new location because I didn't know what dates would be available. And it was just, I, I felt like I was a fraud and just was not going to go well. And that's the interpretation I found anyway of what that dream means. So th- this is interesting. I yeah. don't know what yours says if you're looking that up, mm-hmm. but it says totally open and exposed, not hiding who or what you are. So that's not necessarily that's kind of almost the opposite. Yeah, like in a good, and then it says good sim- <clears throat> symbology. Is that how you uh-huh. say that? Oh, hmm. So that wow. No, so for me it was more like I'm pretending that I'm successful. <laughs> The and great nobody notices I'm not. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So mine says, almost everyone has variations of this dream, usually associated with a sense of unfamiliar exposure due to a change in circumstances. Mm. Um, usually, it looks like it's a positive change that happens that triggers this dream um, because it's you're stepping into unfamiliar territory. Uh, because... Hmm. Okay. I can see how those two go together, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But it also says here that um, since they almost invariably show that other people are oblivious to the dreamer's condition, mm-hmm. you may feel naked, but others are more concerned with their own problems than with yours. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So true. You know, I always find confidence in that that theory yeah (laughs) that i may be really concerned about something 
but most other people have no idea mm-hmm. that they don't think about whatever. you nearly as much as you think <laughs> that they do thank goodness yeah <laughs> not that i think people think about me all the time but just if they did that would be awful yeah um yeah mine doesn't say that everything green book doesn't say anything like that i've never heard interpretations like this like huh. about, yeah. about like stepping into new territory and stuff and this is like that, kind of like that too. It says being nude in a dream can symbolize a wish for exposure oh. to be seen or heard. It can also relate to a need to bear the truth. Um, this was, I think this book is very literal. Yeah. I mean, it keeps saying metaphor, but it's very mm-hmm. literal interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also relate, be related to the dreamer is no longer inhibited. Uh, to dream of swimming naked may represent an illicit affair that will end badly, or that you have many admirers. <laughs> so if this okay, one okay, I was fit, never swimming. Then maybe I'll just, I'll yeah, <laughs> like that seems very specific to just swimming. Yeah. <laughs> well, what if you're swimming and you're not naked? What does that mean? I don't know. Look up swimming. <laughs> Let's look that up. Swimming. Yeah, swimming fully clothed. <laughs> That's called bathing. No, that's not called bathing. That's called... Getting caught in the rain? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) A dream of swimming suggests the dreamer is immersed in an exploration of emotional matters or the unconscious. Wow. Swimming's not even mentioned in mine. No swimming in dreams for you, huh? One of the, the recurring... I don't not like recurring all the time, but I've had this dream on more than one occasion. Is where I'm either swimming or underwater or something, and mm-hmm. and I realize that I can breathe underwater. Oh, that's cool! And I just think it's so cool. And then I wake up and realize that I can't really so breathe underwater, and I'm breathing so underwater. Because well, that's, yeah, so that's mine, in here. My <laughs> swim is learning emotional lessons. How to maintain and understand self in the emotional waters of life, staying on top of emotions. Hmm. Is there a separate thing for sinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Uh, the opposite, I guess. I don't know. So there's a whole section in that book about breathing underwater. Yep. Wow. Okay, so many youngsters report the dream of finding themselves underwater. There is some struggle and panic as they try to reach the surface and realize they cannot. There is a truly horrible moment of realizing that drowning is imminent. Then amazingly, they continue breathing and learn that they can breathe underwater. As a nightmare with a surprise, happy ending, this is a rare type of dream. Mm. Like the dream of learning how to fly, this too is a story of discovering an ability that has been present all along, but which is only discovered during a crisis or while being thrown into a particular situation. Although both boys and girls have this dream, it seems to occur more frequently among girls. Like most dreams of submersion in water, this one suggests a sense of being overwhelmed, accentuated by the moment when it becomes clear there is no way to get back to the surface. We have this dream during a time when we are most vulnerable to the dominant emotional climate that surrounds us. Hmm. And what was the title of that one? This one is the complete dream book. No, I mean the, um, the section that you were just reading. Breathing underwater. Underwater. Breathing underwater. Okay. So you asked what yeah. sink was? Uh-huh. The kitchen sink. Oh, if, <laughs> if kitchen sink, clean up, wash up. You are too broad in considering a problem. 
are not getting the message, including everything but the kitchen sink. If sinking into something, you are going down into the muck and mire of own emotional state. Stop and make changes. You are headed the wrong direction. Release yourself from unnecessary burdens. Hmm. That's from the dream hmm. Breathing underwater. I didn't know that was a thing. But I guess it is. Mm-hmm. And flying. I've had that dream before, too. But a lot of people have that one, right? I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while in my in my falling dreams, there's a moment when I think I'm flying, and then I'm not. I'm falling. Oh, no, I never feel like I'm flying. I'm always falling. You're always <laughs> falling. <laughs> there's no. never a good ending in that no, dream. <laughs> I remember flying and, like, learning to control it and almost running into stuff and, like, you know, feel, feeling my, my stomach turn, you know, my stomach flip whenever uh, I'm, like, diving and stuff. Wow. Like, yeah, it's great. That's another one of those dreams you wake up and then you're really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you a dream that I had when I was really young. And I've never forgotten it. So I was sleeping in my, I don't know if I had blankets or a sleeping bag, but out in our field, that's where we, you know, we kept the animals and that kind of stuff. And my dad had these old, huge mopeds and they started up and they came after me and I ran and then I woke up. Hmm. Right? So what do you describe that as? <laughs> All-terrain vehicle? Well, or I read in here nightmare. Because that hmm. was a nightmare for mm-hmm. me, right? I, I don't know. And it says, any nightmare is a teaching dream. Your guidance trying to get your attention. Nothing is scary when the symbols are worked out. It is just a way to get you to remember them. To dream you are having a nightmare is a double message to pay attention and get some insight. Hmm. That, I still don't get it. Hmm. So I would classify that as being chased. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, I can see that. So what it says here in... The complete dream book. You're being chased or attempting to outrun pursuers who mean you harm. And it is clear that this is a matter of life and death. So the monsters and villains who give chase in these dreams often represent tensions or issues rather than actual people in our lives. This is more likely to be the chase if you have had chase dreams of various kinds for years and if there is a typical monster evil force that tends to star in them. Enduring chase dreams are often connected to initial worries learned in early life, such as the fear of instability, the strain of financial struggle, or the wish to avoid conflict. Later in life, adult pressures can trigger the familiar anxiety of earlier times, even though realistically these concerns are no longer a threat. Chase dreams by igniting fears brought forward from childhood help explain why certain current events trigger dispropor- disproportionate levels of anxiety. 
Those these dreams are unpleasant, they can be a good barometer of your own stress and let you know whether the compromise or resolution you've made is really working for you. Hmm. That sounds good now because it's been a really long time since I've had that dream. <laughs> but when I was, you know, little and I had that dream, mm-hmm. what would you tell a little kid? Hmm. You know? That's kind of scary. I don't know. Well, as a little kid, you're worried about something. Yeah. Like something happened to... I was worried a lot when I was a little kid. Trust me. (laughs) I worry about everything. You too. Did you? Yeah, I did. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the dreams I had when I was really young was... Because it's on my list. <laughs> it's on my list of all the dreams. Um, I think I was like four or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was really young. I remember dreaming that me and my dad were going out camping because we used to do that. Uh, you know, father son camping trip, and we'd be in his truck. And I was still young enough that I needed to be in like in a car seat or whatever. Mm. So I was. At least in the dream, that was the case. And I remember the truck broke down, and he was going to go get help. And for whatever reason, he left me in the truck, like because he was just going to go like up ahead to a crossroads or something like that. Hmm. And I just remember, like, because there was forest on on both sides of us, and just this feeling that there was something there in the forest, like watching me, and like and like stalking. And that's. That's pretty much it. That's all there was to it. But I was, you know, being alone and being and just knowing there was something out there. The fear of something being there. Hmm. But I was I was a scaredy when I was a kid. Like I was always scared of the dark. Like I didn't want to walk past dark rooms and stuff because they were dark. I remember that. Were you that way, Pat? Yes. Denise? Nope. You weren't afraid of anything, were you? Nope. Do you go bungee jumping? Even La Llorona? Yeah. Nope. You said yes to what I said? Hmm, But going bungee jumping? Yeah. Nope. (laughs) No, I have more anxiety now as an adult than I ever did as a child. Really? Yeah. Hmm. What are you looking up in regards to I'm trying to figure out... How I would classify your dream so I can look something up. Yeah, I don't see like alone. Lonely. Left behind. That's what's hard is sometimes to categorize Mm -hmm. your dream into Mm -hmm. something. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want to look at this, Pat? Nope, I'm looking on you. Okay. Like, there's no abandonment. <laughs> like, man. Really? Yeah. That seems like it would be a big topic. Abandonment is in here. Yeah, what does it say? Well, let's see. I don't know if this applies, but I'll, I'll read it. Uh, let's see. Dreams about being abandoned by a lover, a friend, or family member suggest that this is something you fear in waking life. It also often refers to a difficult financial situation. 
you're scared you won't be able to carry the burden. Uh, remaining childhood feelings of being left out often translate into abandonment dreams. In this case, the dreamer needs to work on self-esteem. I was like four. So, <laughs> no, I didn't have any financial issues. <laughs> right. You're pretty sure about that. Huh? And I don't... I wasn't old enough for it to be remaining childhood feelings because I was... You were a child. <laughs> you, you were barely developing childhood childhood those feelings. childhood feelings, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Did you have bad self-esteem issues at the age of four, Chris? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that happened until later. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just looked up fear. Mm-hmm. Being very close to truth and frightened to look at it. The other side of fear is insight. Mm. Seeing unknown parts of self and fearful of acknowledging them. Resistance. Anything feared must be faced in order to it, for it to go away. Hmm. Your greatest fear is change. Ironically, to change is the only reason you are here. What? To change is the only reason you are here. Huh. Wow, that's profound, right? It <laughs> is. So I, I went with the forest. Yeah. So in every life, there are times when we're lost, confused, or rejected from the tidy arrangements that made us feel secure. We take our turn walking in the wilderness, trying to find certainty and looking for something new to hold on to. When that happens, we dream of being in the forest. This image seems to be deep, symbolic shorthand for moving through territory that is unsatisfactory, insecure, and unsettling. As many stories and parables attest, it's only human to rail against this fate and to try to make it to safety as soon as possible. But there is something important about our time in the forest. It takes as long as it takes, and embracing the process seems to be the fastest way to get through it. It is the best way of ensuring that we emerge wiser and better for the experience. Just do it. I don't know if that applies in that situation. (laughs) Can't go around it. Must go through it. Hmm. Haven't you ever... Something kind of just sh- shook in your little four-year-old life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I don't remember having, like, a great positive dream. And I don't know if that's just because I don't remember them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- that's what I'm thinking, too. Maybe I just don't remember that. I'm hoping. Because there's a lot of things in here that are like... This is a positive dream. You're like, what? Yeah, like a hoe, a gardening tool. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tool for new growth preparation used for breaking up limits, weeding out the negative. Hmm. I don't dream about those. You know, you bring up a good point because I don't remember having a lot of dreams that were just like everything's great Mm-mm. like this everything's like positive and yeah. and, and if, if I did have those dreams those are the ones I don't really remember I remember the ones that maybe you're not necessarily ne- negative mm-hmm. like a bad thing to dream about but that there's a conflict involved yeah 
that could or could not be negative. And mm-hmm. of course, I I usually remember a lot of the nightmares I have um, because I just dig that. Like I think a, gr- a good nightmare is great. <laughs> like I like it when I like it when it's so bad it wakes me up in the middle of the night and my hmm. heart's beating faster. Huh? You're crazy. Some theorists believe that the car is always a metaphor for the human body of the dreamer. Weird. Okay. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. So, it says that this doesn't seem to be the case in all dreams, but there are some connections between the way your car malfunctions in a dream and physical problems. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if there's a like one to one correlation. <laughs> yeah, this one lady had a dream, and it was about this. So, well, no, I mean, like, if it's if it's a like your whole oil system or gas fuel system, then it's a circulatory. Like, system. there's a parallel. Oh. Well, it or says a here, digestive system issue. Or one woman who had chronic back problems tended to have recurring dreams about her car's wheels being out of alignment. Oh, she was continuously visiting her chiropractor for adjustments, and her dreams seemed to echo this theme. Another woman who was struggling with a pattern of compulsive eating dreamed that the gas gauge in her car was broken, and that no matter how full her gas tank was, it always read empty. This helped mm. her understand that part of her problem was the sensation of being hungry at times when she did not actually need to eat. Hmm. It does say that about cars in here, too. Cars sometimes represent the physical body, so take note of the car's condition. I'll just say that any of the times that I've been in a car, other than like when I'm actually in a, a car. child in a, in a car, <laughs> you know, when I'm in a car driving in a dream, the only thing that ever happens is that I can't control the dang thing for, hmm. for the life of me. Like, it always goes too fast, and it always goes, like, slides around curves, and, Weird. and yeah, I cannot drive in dreams. It's always a disaster. Huh. And then the head, or the headlights will cut out, and I can't see anything. Hmm. Yeah. So your whole body is out of control, Chris. That's great. That's good news. Good news. <laughs> Everything's wrong. <laughs> so going back to that lady... Uh, that was eating uh-huh. in her dream and never seemed full. So this says um, eating represents nourishment is needed, whether mental, emotional, mm. physical, or spiritual. You may need the specific food in the dream or what it represents. Mm. Wow. What about eating things that aren't normally eaten? Oh, that aren't food? Because one time I had a dream that I was eating VHS tapes. And they tasted like licorice. They were black licorice. So were you stringing the tape out or were you crunching through the box? Through the, you know, the housing? Both. And the housing was gummy and... Oh my goodness. And, you know, squishy, kind of like a a licorice stick or whatever. And then I was really upset because I I realized I wouldn't be able to watch those tapes anymore. (laughs) But they did taste really good. So you must have needed more VHS tapes. Maybe that was when DVD was first coming in. Oh, maybe. And, and that was when I was dreaming that. I don't remember what when that was. But What are we going to do with all these VHS tapes now? 
What yeah. purpose so, do they serve? <laughs> according to the book I'm looking at, the Complete Dream Book, swallowing objects is usually a sign that you are trying to digest or take in an experience that isn't right for you. You don't know how to cope with it and try to break it down into something meaningful or nourishing. Instead, it is an experience that just sticks in your craw. Hmm. So to go into how that turned into licorice, there's a whole section here about sweets. Sweets can represent sentimental expressions of affection, but they can also represent experiences that are truly sweet and precious. You really love VHS? I'm trying to think which movie. I think that the, one of the movies that I ate was Jurassic Park. We all have a need <laughs> for a certain amount of innocent joy. And when our lives become too grave or serious, we may dream of trying to find sweet things to eat. Typically, dreams of sweets will either come as a signal to take time out to do the things you love, like watching a movie, or as a warning that you are skipping the basics in life and are trying only to experience the frosting. That's kind of what mine says, too. Yeah. That um, it's manipulative. It's a manipulative device. You cannot have dessert until you eat your vegetables. That clarified nothing. (laughs) See, that's what I'm I'm like. Listen here. If you eat a carrot, it means lure or appeal. Because like carrot versus stick. Oh. Like they're holding the carrot out in front of you. So, on the other hand, if you're living life as though it is a jail sentence and not allowing yourself the lovely moments that are full of rewards, your dreams are going after Swedes may be a heartfelt signal to give yourself a break. So, what if in real life you just always go after Swedes? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a different thing or is that the same thing? I don't know. I mean, it's all subconscious right yeah so well sometimes <laughs> well the huh. the need the for yeah the craving the need yeah i think there's a physiological cause for that right <laughs> sugar addiction <laughs> <laughs> probably does it has anybody still have or has had the dream about being in school even when you're not in school? Mm-mm. No? I don't think so. Because another thing that I've had a lot come up was dreaming of being like back at college mm-hmm. and and it being a complete disaster. Oh. Like registering for classes and stuff and then like getting to school and then not knowing where any of my classes were and then m- missing a bunch of class and, and that, you know, just stressing out about it. I, I have about I have that, this dream right? a lot. Yeah, I'm, um, I let's see. I don't know if it's in one of these books, but I did find something about it online. Okay. And I don't know. Is you know another one of those things like you have anxiety about performing well or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. When I was taking my classes this last time, I did have a couple of dreams about it. But I, I don't remember them, and I don't think they were that extreme as far as missing stuff. Mm-hmm. This says, if you're dreaming about school, it says, life is school. Mm-hmm. You are here only to learn and grow. 
This is a theme for this person. Yeah. You're only here to change. Yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. also to learn and grow. Yeah. But that's changing. Well, that's changing, yeah. <laughs> Since you're taught by all people in all situations, be enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. You are going to go through it anyway, which is something that your book was talking about, mm-hmm. Denise. Uh, lessons never change until you learn them. Ooh. So might as well get in and work through them now. Each night you are out of the body and learn in schools on higher levels. Oh, that's interesting. Each level of consciousness is teaching you something about the nature of self. Wow. Wow. Okay, so there is school in here, and it says pretty much the same stuff I read mm-hmm. online in the Everything Dream Book. Um if you're late to class or show up to take a test without ever having gone to class, the dream is a common symbol for feeling unprepared for something in your life. If you're looking for a school or a classroom, it may be time to continue your education. Very literal. So mine only has high school, mm-hmm. and then it also has a place from the past. So, okay. I don't have dreams about... High this. school? No, I, I really don't. So let's go with a place from the past. Many recurring settings are unique to the dreamer. You may spend a surprising amount of dreams in your hometown or a place you lived years ago. Dreams take historical snapshots of your first experiences and use those settings as symbols of a particular quality or feeling. Just as your first love is often the star of dreams about current loves, so the first place you felt independent, connected, betrayed, or frightened may appear in future dreams. So the place holds some special significance, and although you may not be aware of it consciously, your deeper mind has it tagged as the first experience of some kind. That, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't think college was a place where you first experience, had like first experiences? Sure. Yeah, I had some first experiences there. I had my first experience going to college. <laughs> <laughs> now here under the high school part it says whether it's an impossible to find classroom or an exam you are unprepared for or a confusing locker you're dealing with the primary worries in these dreams centers around your own competence and how it may reflect on us in the eyes of others we don't want to look foolish to draw attention to our mistakes or fail to fit in these are dreams of quiet torture and tension in which we sweat it out alone and try to conceal the areas where we have questions, confusion, or in need of help. Hmm. That sounds like more than just high school. Well, it's under the high school setting. I think that they should have. I think it should just, just be put school. school. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, I can't believe I'm the only one that that had has that, like the looking for the classroom and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. I just came up. I've never had a dream driving a car that I recall. Being in a car? Well, I don't know. Certainly not driving. Yeah. I do. And when I did, I would go over a cliff, which then I'm in the falling dream. (laughs) (laughs) So it starts out about concern about some kind of body issue. (laughs) And then you're like, (laughs) (laughs) now I'm falling. It's inception. (laughs) What this is is a falling dream within a car dream. <laughs> I'm so confused. Wait, no. <laughs> Have any of you all ever dreamt about an otter? No. Mm-hmm. I can't believe.
believe that's even in here. Yeah. It's just weird. Otters. Let's otter. see if otters are in all what of our What does an books. otter mean? It means playful, joyful, uh, joyful part of emotional self. Learn to swim with ease and playfulness through the emotional seas of life rather than fearing and dreading your experiences. Hmm. Huh. There's no otters in mine. There's no otters in this either. Oh, there's an oyster in mine, too. But nope. Weird. Not in this, either. Oh, mm. this one is good. If you dream of an oyster, you're closed off, hiding from beauty within the self. Oh, my goodness. The pearl. That is so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you saying that you it's have... It's so obvious, no one dreams of oysters. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, somebody must have for must her to have, have put it in here, but it's You think? Like, really? I don't know. I think these people don't care if people really dream about this stuff. I think they just make stuff up. What? I mean, I'm sure it's all based on science. Uh, yes, I don't know, this man. Is a nonfiction. Just book. like in, in <laughs> it's a nonfiction book. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't everything you read true? Well, well, this person more often than on the internet. <laughs> I mean, look at all these qualifications. Yeah. On these books. I mean, at least mine's None an actual whatsoever. PhD. But yeah. <laughs> But if yeah. I could get a PhD in like psychic spiritual divination, I probably would. Of course, <laughs> by this time you would have already gotten your Hogwarts letter. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I don't think Hogwarts has graduate school. <laughs> you learn what you learn, and that's it. Yeah, there you go. Go out there into the world. Mm. Yep. Is that a real classroom now? <laughs> I don't know. Neville never went to graduate school that we know of, and yet he's teaching at Hogwarts. Is uh, hmm? I was gonna say, right? is that like a reflection of the the UK education system? That's what no. I was thinking. Because the they go to college, they get PhDs they at college. Yeah, they, like everybody. They have, yeah, they have they have that, but is there less emphasis? On that, like going to trade school and stuff, or yeah, but still, to be a teacher at a school, you have to go to school. Mm-hmm. You have to go to school. Hmm. I could, I could say another thing about say another why that happened. What probably happened is, is that she probably didn't want to write a book about that. Well, okay, that, that would have been Fine. a lot of work. <laughs> you know, give her a little bit, and she'll make up some college that he went to. You know, tweet about it and call it. And then she'll say it was in there the whole time. Yeah, if, if you just you know? read in between the lines of the things that I didn't actually write, it's there. It's there. <laughs> it's called marketing. <laughs> it's called desperate for attention. I have a Twitter account. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you're you're such a negative Nelly about this. Good gracious. It's called Update the 20th Anniversary <laughs> Edition, and it's there. It's been uh, there the whole time. Mm-hmm. No, no. Okay, so we covered some of this stuff, like, what? you know, different things we dreamed about that are interpreted in different ways that are <laughs> as symbols. But do you ever just, like, have something going on or something that you're doing or something that you're into, you know, like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, or, or whatever, and you just... And then you dream about that, or you have a dream that's kind of based on something like that. Well, I will say that lately we have been binging, um, re-watching Game of Thrones. 
getting ready for the new season, the last season to start in a couple of weeks. And I go to bed and I don't remember my dreams, but I'm very clear that somewhere in there people were fighting and there was lots of blood and gore and things like that were going on in the back of my brain because that's what's going on on the screen in front of me. Mm -hmm. Like for three hours that evening or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then your brain just kind of regurgitates it. Yeah, I think that's it. Which I don't... I don't know that there's any need to interpret that because that, <laughs> right. that seems pretty obvious. Yeah. You spent a lot of time engaged in that. No, I would wake that, up so. and I would, it would have been restless, you know, all night. And I would think, I just need to stop watching Game of Thrones, like three <laughs> episodes every evening. But if I don't, I won't get through in time. Yeah. I'm thinking, that would be just awesome. That's like my dream night. So watch Game of Thrones with some popcorn and well, that's what I've been doing for the last two weeks. And then go to sleep and then dream about it. Yeah, I don't know about that part, but popcorn <laughs> and Cadbury mini eggs. Oh, that's, that's it. There you yeah. go. Uh, yep. So for me, the recurring media-based dream is the Aliens franchise. So tell us about what that's supposed to mean—the Alien franchise specifically. Yes, very specifically. Okay. Alien, alien, because. And I, I did look this up too, you know, uh-huh. and I read like a Reddit thread about it. Uh-huh. Um, so, just let me be clear: aliens like Sigourney Weaver, aliens. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Alien, aliens. Alien three. Alien three. Alien resurrection. Yeah. Okay. And I just would like to point out that I knew the movie and an actress and the, the star. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you do know things. <laughs> Yes. You said you didn't know things. She reads and she knows things. That's another Game of Thrones (laughs) reference. (laughs) So that's been a a recurring dream for me since I was a a child. Really? Because, and this Reddit kind of confirmed that, which, I mean, I guess it makes sense. You know, children are more impressionable Uh of things, you know, when they're younger. I think that I watched the first Alien with my dad when I was probably like seven or eight or something. Let you watch that. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, he thought that it would be a really good movie for me to watch because he thought it was great. Was was were you scared? Yeah, I was scared. I couldn't even watch when the thing popped out of the egg and sucked onto the guy's face. <laughs> I just covered my eyes and just listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've always thought those things were terrifying ever since then, and I have dreams about it. You know, on a yearly basis, at least. That something is attached to somebody's face. No, the, that that part I normally don't dream about. I uh-huh. usually dream about the the thing that comes out of the person afterwards. The, oh uh, yeah, at the end. Yes, and okay. uh, you know, they're, I'm usually like on a ship or in a house or space station or so, you know somewhere, okay. uh-huh. and trying to hide from these things and not really having anything to defend myself. And mm. sometimes there's a story involved. Mm-hmm. Um, like one time I had an Aliens Jurassic Park crossover oh, where wow. they tried to, to genetically splice the two and uh-huh. made some really weird stuff. Don't give people oh ideas, Chris. And uh, one time I had a dream about an alien worshipping cult on a space station. Um, but so people on a space station worshipping aliens. Yeah, there was like they had a queen okay, alien. I was just trying to make sure I got all the... Yeah. It wasn't aliens worshiping something. Okay, right. No, it was it. a wow. pe- yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I read that little sub that Reddit thread, and yeah. all the people that posted there pretty much had the same experience. They're like, I watched this when I was six or seven or nine or whatever, and it's been something that's been... It has traumatized you to this day. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm kind of curious. In that respect, mm-hmm. would this, like, this alien description of what it means really apply in the situation? Maybe or maybe not, because this is a very specific, you know, experience uh-huh. rather than general aliens. Yeah. So, what did they say it meant? Did they say? Oh, no. They just interpreted it that they were very impressionable when they watched it, and so it left, left a permanent... <laughs> scar. <laughs> gotcha. An awesome scar. Like, I'm, awesome I'm, scar? Yeah, I'm not the least bit disappointed. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad my dad had me watch that when I was a kid. It's been exhilarating. Exhilarating. <laughs> I was watch, I was watch, I just recently got a copy of Alien Isolation, which is essentially you're playing a game just like that. There's an okay. alien on the space station stalking you, and I haven't even gotten to the part where you see the alien yet, and I'm already flipping out. Like every little sound and everything, and, and I'm just like, I, I was like, I don't know if I can play this game. <laughs> At the end, it's going to be a little kitty cat that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have cats in those movies too. Oh, all right. So the dream book here t- says that alien stands for a part of self we have ignored, rejected, or misunderstood. A fear we have avoided. A fear we have avoided. I don't know. So do you feel like that? Hmm. Have you ignored part of yourself? Been rejected or misunderstood? I don't think it has anything to do with that. <laughs> you have been, but you don't think it has to do with no. the aliens. <laughs> My, the alien in the Everything Dream Book says, a dream of space aliens or one alien signifies that you will soon have strange occurrences in your life that may help you toward a better future. If you're kind to the aliens, positive influence are entering your life. They're not those kind of aliens. Nope, never mind. Not <laughs> that Ki- kindness is not going to help you. <laughs> Kill or be just killed. lead to your downfall. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Aliens isn't even mentioned in mine. Really? Really? UFOs? Do you have UFOs? I don't think so. Hmm. I think this person's ignoring a nope, no huge UFO. segment of dream subjects. <laughs> Extraterrestrials? Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What are all the terms we could use? Spaceman? <laughs> oh, I have UFO. It says sea airplane. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> those things are pretty much the yeah, same. Yeah, they're all the same. Things flying over, and you don't know what they are. Yeah, you've never I don't seen even have before. space. Really? Like, Outer space? Golly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no UFO in so this So what's one. the title of that book? This is the complete. Oh, book. no. I think it is not. <laughs> Even though that's the title. It must be the abridged version. The abridged version of the complete dream book. <laughs> Never choose an abridged audiobook. It doesn't have everything in it. That's why it's called abridged. Always go with the unabridged version. Abridged. Yeah, that's... That's irrelevant, but... Okay. Came to mind at some point. It did. 
That was a bridge too far. space either what maybe it's outer space i, I have know. spaceship do you yeah it says that you are pre- preparing to go on a a dream may suggest a journey into the unknown or a spiritual quest that's it that's a spaceship. journey to a galaxy far far away <laughs> a long time ago all other galaxies are far, far away anyway, so that's kind of silly. Yeah, even in our redundant. galaxy is far, far away. Yeah. I do have planets. Yeah? The sun, the moon, and all the others. And, and the all others. the others. Except, <laughs> oh, there is Pluto is in there. Hmm. Hmm. When was this written? Well. <laughs> Placenta is in there. Hmm. Sorry, just had to say it. It was there. No, that's that's okay. Every time. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its <laughs> no. <sighs> What? Go ahead. No, every time that that term comes up, I always want to bring up my Latin education. <laughs> yeah. Because the original meaning of that, from what I remember, put put. They didn't have a soft C, so I think it was like placenta or placenta. Placenta. It was a word for sweet red. Ew. That was the original meaning. Sweet bread, not sweet meats. Right, sweet bread. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say it. No, no I don't have to think about it. Hmm. Do you want to know what it means when you're dreaming about burying a dead body? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had that yet, but I want to know in case I do. This dream begins with the awareness that you seem to have killed someone. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, I just found this dead body. Laying here. I'm bury it. I didn't kill it. I'm just burying it. Although the memory of exactly how or why it happened is hazy, the body you must dispose of is now dispose of now is all too real. Often the body is buried in the basement or backyard of the home, but there are usually complications that make discovery a terrifying threat. Despite the horror of this dream, the main concerns are concealing the evidence of the crime and avoiding discovery. Although both men and women have this dream, it seems more prevalent among men, who report that their earliest memory of it dates back to teen years. People who experience this dream have it frequently until the age of 25 or so, then less frequently into their 30s. By the late 30s, its recurrence is usually rare. This dream is connected with the need for acceptance and the decision to do away with things in ourselves that we believe or have been taught are undesirable. Hmm. The murder victim represents the part of the self that has been deemed a liability to the plan we have mapped out. That is why there is typically no remorse about the killing at all, only a concern that these actions will be brought to light and cause trouble. The panicky fear of discovery is due to the desire to conceal or preferably erase the existence of the qualities in ourselves that are being set that are being set aside. 
Although this may sound like an irrational or unhealthy process, this is very much the type of sorting and defining that occupies teenagers. They are in the process of deciding what is okay, desirable, or possible, and what would hold them back, reflect badly on them, or make them appear less grown up. Hmm. So if anybody says they've had a dream about burying a dead body. <laughs> We're all too old for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess all of us aren't. All right. Never mind. Hmm. So I, I looked up the etymology of placenta. Do we want to throw this in here or do we want me to ignore that? And you can take this out. No, do it. Let's, yeah. Well, I want to hear it now. You can so, take it out if you want to. Okay. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. It comes originally from Greek. Th- from Greek through Latin, and it means a cake, a flat cake. So literally, it was it came to be to mean what it does now by being called the uterine cake mm-hmm. because of the shape of the placenta when it's just plot. Mm-hmm. Interesting, like a flat cake. Isn't that odd? That's very odd. And that's from the 16th century. Mm. Some some Italian anatomist used the term for a flat cake to mean this thing. Of all the ways to describe that, yeah, that, that's what he used. That's yeah, that's what he chose to call it a flat cake. Hmm. Weird. Well, that was a nice little sidebar. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Greek. That makes sense. The, the, we had some Greek words in our Latin because... Well, sure. Because the Greeks, the Latins used a lot of Greek. Yes, they did. So I want to know if you dream about something and then it happens. Psychic dreams. Oh. Is that what that is? Psychic dream. Psych- oh, vision pre... Pre... What would you call that? Precognitive? So, okay, I've got psychic dreams. Is there something in particular, like afterlife messages, assignments in, children, unborn, empathy, events, future snapshots, goodbye visions, precognitive, probable futures, responding to, sense of reality, shared dreams, sound, speeches, telepathy, timing, visiting future places, visual differences, or warning signals. The um, goodbye thing, I think. Goodbye visions. It wasn't really that, though. It was... Anyway, go ahead. What is a goodbye vision? Let's see. Okay. Perhaps no psychic dream is more provocative or emotionally compelling than a goodbye vision of the recently departed. This is, without question, the type of dream about which I am asked most often in interviews. It is also the psychic dream most often reported in our database. There's a database. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) To my surprise, most people who have had a dream of saying goodbye to a loved one are convinced that the experience was real in some spiritual way. They believe they actually were visited by the dead and received a message. Many psychologists and doctors feel these dreams are the product of a grieving mind reaching for any kind of even temporary relief from the pain of losing someone. While there is a thread of logic to that argument, I've come to believe that most of these dreams of reassurance from the newly departed are indeed messages of loved ones from those who have crossed over. 
one woman lost her mother after a long battle with cancer. She and her husband had spent a long year caring for her ailing mother. And after the struggle was over and they returned to their routine, her husband suggested they take a trip to give themselves a breath of fresh air and a change of scenery. The woman agreed and made reservations a month ahead of time for a lovely stay in New England, a place they had often promised themselves they would visit one day. Yet as the time for the trip approached, the woman felt too depressed to travel and she felt guilty for having made the arrangement so soon after her mother's death. She wanted to cancel the plans, but it would mean the forfeiture of some non-refundable fees. As she struggled with the question, she had a vivid dream in which her mother appeared to her, appeared at her bedside one night. Lou, stop your nonsense, the mother declared. You get yourself together and go on that trip and enjoy yourself. I'm fine, and I'll be seeing you again, don't worry. In the meantime, get on with your life and enjoy what you can. This Mm. gruff but loving message was so unmistakably the voice of her mother that the woman never questioned the message. She announced to her husband the next day that she felt her mother would have wanted them to go on their trip after all. They enjoyed their holiday in New England and found it shook them out of the emotional low they had suffered all during the past year. Oh, so then there's a couple of different things here. A realistic setting. Lack of dreamlike plot, sensation of visitation, impact on the dreamer, convincing elements, and reassuring tone. So what Mm. I'm thinking more specifically of, and I don't want to give you specifics, but having a conversation with someone and then a couple months later having that conversation with someone. Hmm. So I would say it's probably a type of program. Let's see. Like a future snapshot. Let's see. No, that doesn't seem like that. So here's what mine says about psychic. It says all people are psychic. So tune into your abilities. Manifest, create what it is you want. I'm psychic. (laughs) Which I didn't think being psychic was creating what you wanted. It was more telling of the future. Right? A psychic Mm -hmm. is supposed to like read your palm or read the tarot cards or whatever to tell you what's going to happen. Or find somebody somewhere or something or Mm -hmm. be able to be able to reach out beyond the physical. Whether it's in time or in space or... But not necessarily to create a new, like, alter the future no. kind of thing. Like this no. kind of just... Said. I don't know. I'm sure there's theories on that. I remember one of my my favorite animes that I like. It's called Vision of Escaflone. Uh-huh. And there's a girl in there that's a tarot card reader. Mm-hmm. And she uses it throughout the show to, like, kind of help the other characters and kind of predict what happens. Uh-huh. And then at the end, like towards the end, like bad things that she predicts start happening and it gets worse. And she realizes at some point that that she's not predicting the future. She's causing these things to happen. Ooh, wow. And so she kind of gives it up after that. Hmm. That's not really dream related, sort of. Not really. Hmm. Anyway. Something to think about, though. Yeah. It's like... You dream of something, and do you cause it to happen? Mm-hmm. Huh. So there are different types of pre- precognitive dreams. Some seem related to the planning functions of our minds. 
These allow us to visit potential futures and give our choices a run-through to learn about cause and effect. Other precognitive pre dreams allow us to preview important crossroads in our lives or to visit the scenes of physical danger to which we will later be exposed. I believe that all precognitive dreams arise in the interest of supplying us with greater information and resources to better handle future choices. It seems possible that our survival mechanism and our psychic abilities are closely linked and that when we are asleep, our lack of conscious denial of these abilities allows them to operate more robustly than they do when we are awake. It also seems like the shift in consciousness that permits us to create dreams operates in such a way that it easily moves through the boundaries like space, time, life, and death that appear insurmountable during waking life. Wow. I always thought it was like math. What's math. That? Yeah. Well, I don't. I can't say I always thought that, <laughs> but at some point, I I kind of was like, well, maybe it's like math. Yeah. Like, the sum of everything results in and um. something happening. So even though it doesn't make sense in your mind, like why you could predict something like that happening, all the forces are already in effect to make that happen, and so your your mind is just. Doing the math ahead of time. Hmm. Even if you don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's And that's just, that's completely, like, just Chris nonsense that I'm spouting. <laughs> it it's probably has no bearing on anything, but that was just kind of something I thought one time. <laughs> that that kind of makes sense. That's my theory. I like it. Hmm. Has anybody had a shared dream? Like where you and your spouse or someone you're close to had the same dream? The no, time. but there's, See, a, there's a book series where people have shared dreams that they are each other's soulmate. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if players. I have, but I think one of my dreams might have been, but I, I don't know. I just yeah, realized that I have had, had predictive dreams. You before. have? Yes. See, when you start thinking about it. Yeah. very, And, and it was always, I think the both times that I remember, it was car trouble. <laughs> which, right. we now, uh. which we now know means you were having some kind of trouble with your body. <laughs> no, there was actually car trouble. It was a dream where I had a I dreamed that something was wrong with the car and it wouldn't start. And the next morning I woke up and I went out to start the car and it didn't start. See, mathematically. But but mathematically, the blinker was acting kind of funny. The day before, see, so oh, you already made your mind yeah. that it wasn't yeah. going I know that happened one other time, but that's the part, the one that I really remember. So mm -hmm. what about what about those dreams when you wake up and you look over at the clock and holy cow, you're three hours late for work and then you wake up and you're not? Oh, yes. Happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Periodically. Mm-hmm. But the shared dreams, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've so had that. So if you want Jessica. to read more about those weird shared dreams of soulmates, it's all about sex. <laughs> and and it's Lindsay Sands' vampire series. Yeah. That's right. Hmm. But it's only only with your, you know, what are, I don't even remember what they call them. But, but the person you are meant to be with, that's part, one of the signs is that you can share these dreams. Huh. It's very weird. But I think that I have had something happen where, like, there was something on my mind uh -huh. that I was, like, worried about or thinking about or something. And then 
Jessica will have a dream about it. But did you tell her you were worried about it? For real? He's shaking his head no, and then yes. Yes. I'm ready to say that. I'll just tell you. (laughs) Did you hear about it? No, for real. Yes. (laughs) There. Transcript. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So this phenomenon phenomenon called shared dreaming is startling to experience, particularly if you have never heard of it before. I hear stories most often of spouses having identical dreams on the same night but also of siblings, close friends, and parents and children reporting this occurrence. In my experience, shared dreams do not seem any more or less important than any other dream, but they do force us to question how much a process might occur. In some cases, empathetic influences seem to play a part so that the husband is having a dream and the wife tunes in, experiencing it as though it were happening to her. Hmm. Other people have have what some research call mutual dreams that involve group activities which others remember the following day. One husband and wife reported to me an involved dream about crossing a bridge together and overcoming a series of challenges to reach the other side. The following morning, each remembered the obstacles involved, their joint efforts in tackling them, and their dialogue with one another about strategies they might use. Wow. In future years, we may discover the dreaming process as an almost holographic element involved. Perhaps our adventures are sometimes more than imaginary movements. Maybe they actually take place on another frequency or in another dimension. If that is so, (laughs) then we would tend to meet our loved ones, friends, and colleagues on that dream wavelength at times. So there's there's another book series that does that, where you, you go into this other dimension and you can meet your friends and talk and nobody can overhear you. It's the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time series. And so only certain people can do this, not everybody, but certain people can meet in this dream fiction, I mean, dream dimension and like plan, you know, how this person's going to escape or when they're going to do this or all that. But you also have to be careful because you don't know everybody who can go into this dream world Mm. and so sometimes people you don't know can be there overhearing you but i mean you can you can plan to meet certain people you know Mm -hmm. you can say well i'll see you back here tomorrow at whatever and go there is that kind of like that place they go into in the first book where they travel uh distance by going into this other dimension and is it related to that I don't think so. I think it's different. Oh, okay. Because only, as far as I can remember, it's been a little while, but as far as I can remember, it's only the women who have the certain powers. Is it Um, the Aes Sedai? Or is it just... Yes. Yeah. But but by this time, by the time this is a real thing that's happening to a lot of people, um, they've been kind of, they're almost disbanded. And so all the, I keep thinking wildlings. This is not wildlings, but the, but the, the ones who who weren't brought up Aes Sedai, and but they have this power. And before they would have been killed or something, everybody's it's all free for all now. And so like three of the people that travel with him, whatever his name is, um, are this. And they start out doing some training with Aes Sedai, but they don't get through it before the world explodes and, and they have to go off and do other things. 
So it's like, but yes, it's, it's them. It's those people who have that power who can go to this place. I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> you should check those out. We have those here. We do. Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Mm-hmm. Finished up by Brandon Sanderson. Thank you, Brandon. I was just talking to somebody today who, who doesn't like fantasy and won't read it. Hmm. <laughs> Someone <laughs> whom I admire and respect. Oh, so you well, can, I did. So you can't be all like, bye, boy. Until they told you that. <laughs> well, yeah, it makes me wonder about my assessment of this person up until this time. Not really, but it does make me think about people who don't like fantasy enough to never, ever want to read it. I like right. that concept. That it's you, a good book. It's yeah, what? That you talked about with the dreaming and it oh, being another can, plane or another dimension. Yeah. And... You know, that's uh, it's a mm-hmm. recurring thing. Like mm-hmm. you could think of like almost the Matrix is kind of like that. I mean, I guess it's in a computer, mm-hmm. but, but um, Tron. Yeah. No. Less yeah, Starfighter. No. So yeah, sort of. Sort of. No. But in a controlled environment, that's not really another plane, but it's another something. But there's Ralph a lot of, breaks the internet. Yeah, Wreck It Ralph. A lot. It's the same concept. It's just a, it's the same. All thing. the same thing. <laughs> there's a lot of stories that involve that. You go into a a little thing and you go to sleep and then you're somewhere else and you live a whole nother life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Avatar. Mm, yeah. The the real human beings are asleep back there, and they're. But they're living on the planet with the blue people. It's true. Were they asleep? Yeah. They're in the cryogenic chambers, whatever. Where are they asleep? You know, that's a good question. Are they on a spaceship? I think they're on a spaceship. I didn't see that whole movie. I just saw parts of it. Yeah. I thought so they were long. It was so long. I thought they were on the planet with the rest of Like after like an hour and a half. No. I thought it was going to end. Yeah. Yeah. I they're on the so. planet. They were on the planet, yeah. The pl- but then their, why aren't they just with the people? They're why in their they force here? field because they're not like them. And so they get their planet bodies so that they can blend in and they're taller and they can walk different. <laughs> I'm not going to get into this. Okay. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. And they can fight giant robots. Well, that, I can don't just make say any it's, sense. it's been a while since I saw avatar i like i've looked up some pretty snarky stuff about it well there's a lot of snarky stuff about it like why would you build a giant suit of armor that has a big opening in the front for somebody to punch you yeah really (laughs) nobody thought that through very well right (laughs) an avatar yeah yeah i don't remember that part what are you talking about? They have like these <laughs> big. It's funny how we all remember different parts of this movie. Yes. <laughs> they have these big armored, like power armor suits that they put on when they're going to go out and fight the humans. Oh, the yes. humans do. Uh-huh. And and there's like this big open window right in front where you can just be like, or, you know. Or, or, oh yeah. And it's like, why would you do that? You're going to put on all this armor, but you're going to leave it yourself wide open. In the Especially front. the core of your yeah. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't make any anyway, sense. Anyway, no, never. That's. That doesn't matter. That's the least <laughs> snarky thing you found about it, right? Y- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. 
the only one suitable for family friendly podcasts. I don't, I don't. I really don't remember. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think that there's an aspect of going and looking for these things just so you can feel val- validated about your own yeah dislike of something. You need to know there that there's go. somebody else out there that agrees with you. Right. I don't. However, have to- <laughs> if we're truly mature and in touch with our own feelings. We don't need other people's validation to know that we're right. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need other. (laughs) The ultimate in snark, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Do we have any more dream stuff we want to cover? I think we've about beat Since we have (laughs) re-deferred. Not on the air. I think we're good. Yep. I exposed myself, so I... <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, just back to the, the buried body thing. I don't oh think yeah. I've ever buried a body, but I have had dreams about accidentally killing someone. Oh. And and then having to deal with the repercussions. Like... Huh. Um, but I don't remember feeling like just... Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to deal with this. I do remember feeling bad about having killed someone... So, as well, you should. So you know. <laughs> so there's that, and then I have also had a dream about a serial killer um, that I was chasing. Oh well, that's not a good idea. Like literally chasing. Like I saw him looking Unless through the window, and you're like, "I'm gonna get you!" And I grabbed my sword and I ran outside <laughs> and chased him down. Would you keep under your pillow or next to the bed? Mm, next to the bed. There you go. Right. A sword under the pillow. That's not a good idea. No. Because okay. it would Just probably extend under two pillows. Yeah, or I think it was go a, into the mattress. I think it was a wooden sword, but you know. Those are dangerous, too. Yes, they can be. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that since you brought up buried bodies and stuff. <laughs> are you looking it up now? Yeah, I'm seeing if there's anything else here. That might. So let me just say that I feel like I know more about you all than I have ever known about people I worked with <laughs> after having shared this podcast yes. for a year and a half or so. Well, you can't help it. Yeah. Unless you just want everything to be fake all the time. No. Which is not what kind of podcast this is. It is not a fake podcast. This is a real live podcast. It's a real live podcast. People would know if we were being fake. With real people. That is probably true. Mm -hmm. No fake people in here. That's for sure. Except for Siri. Well, and I did have so many. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's kept quiet the last several times. He? Siri's a he? Mine is, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Never thought much about that, I guess. <laughs> Always thought of serious girl. Okay. All right. Are we ready to call it a show? I think so. Okay. That's a wrap. That's a, that's a wrap. This has been the long overdue podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening and sweet dreams.